So I'm going to move on to our next speaker, who is uh, Bharat uh, Bamji. Bharat is um, a senior consultant uh, with Mobis Consulting Mauritius. So he joins us from that beautiful island. Um, he has a BSc in computer science and engineering, as well as a uh, master's in uh, advanced computer science from the University of Kent. He has a, a lot of Cisco certifications. I'm not only going to read them all out, but you know, he comes from a, a networking background, a network security background from Cisco to Fortinet. He also has an EC Council Certified Ethical Hacker Certification. So he's also uh, works in conjunction with Rob a lot of the time and the, and, the, and the hacking team and the Mobius Binary team. He's got eight years of practical experience in everything from planning, implementing administration, troubleshooting of enterprise networks and security, as well as um, infrastructures in general. He's got very good server experience, uh, firewalls and information security tools and solutions. And he focuses on um, cyber processes, including incident response and planning, analysis of business context with regards to cybersecurity. He does quite a lot of uh, incident investigations um, for Mobius, um, and he helps our clients ensure that they have proper management monitoring of security threats and events, especially from a sort of SIM SOC perspective. And he's got some really good perspectives from his experience in cybersecurity around um, threat profiling, which is where he's sort of been focusing the most of his of his expertise lately. Um, so yeah, so some really good experience and really looking forward to this talk because I think it's one of the first and fundamental steps. If we look at NIST, for example, you know, you must identify your assets and then you must identify your threats. Um, so this is going to be a really interesting talk with some practical guidance from Bharat. So over to you, Bharat, and thank you very much. Thanks, Ray. Let's just dive in directly to the, to the topic. So uh, thanks everyone. Welcome to this session on threat profiling. So we keep hearing of cyber attacks on a day-to-day -day basis nowadays, password dumps, data leaks. A few days ago, we heard about the Pandora papers. So it seems for us, the defenders, that protecting against cyber threats has become an impossible job. There are just too many threats to defend against, too many controls, too many technologies, too many vendors. It seems that we just don't have enough time or enough resources to look at everything. And at the same time, the threat actors are getting more and more advanced. They're getting more and more creative. Some of them are even paid to attack you. They are paid cyber criminals. And things like ransomware as a service are a thing. So some people are actually getting paid to infect organization with ransomware and they get commission cuts out of the, the ransom that you're going to pay. So how do you even start to defend against such a huge number of possibilities, uh, such a huge number of attackers? And that's where threat profiling can help you. And we would like to give you a new way of knowing how you can deal with threats. So first, before we go on, let's, let's look at the, the threat challenges that organizations face today. We are having to work with an increased attack surface. So our systems are on the cloud. People are working from home. We have more and more suppliers and contractors that are involved in our systems. And our systems themselves are no longer in our data center. Our data is literally everywhere and anywhere at any time. People are accessing your corporate data on phones, on laptops, on tablets, on smartwatches. Your data is now being seen from coffee shops, from people's home, from airports. And I'm pretty sure some people do check their email in the toilet in the morning. So the general approach to controls is no longer sufficient. You need to be able to understand how you can be attacked. There are just too many ways to defend against. And as Rob just mentioned in the previous talk, there is a lot of information available against you that can be readily used and leveraged against you when doing an attack. 
But at the same time, your own controls are still siloed. They are working in isolation and there is no collaboration or communication between your tools. And in a lot of cases, when we work with clients, we find that these tools are still configured with just the baselines. They have not been adapted or configured for your specific environment or your specific threats. They don't understand your critical assets. For example, your antivirus is just looking at viruses equally across all your machines. They don't know that there is a one specific server that is absolutely critical for you that it needs to focus its efforts on. It doesn't have this sort of intelligence or logic. Uh, we also have a very big skills gap in the industry. It's very hard to find people who know how to work with tools or how to understand what alerts they're producing. So even if you get an incident, finding someone who knows how to do incident response is quite hard to do. But your infrastructure is more and more complex. Your attackers are getting smarter. And they are even leveraging your own tools against you. Very recently, we heard about the Kaseya breach, where um, people leveraged uh, a help desk solution called Kaseya, which is used for remote monitoring and, and control of systems. They leveraged that tool to install ransomware on client networks. So all of this is now a reality, and you have to defend against all of this. And that is a really difficult job. I would like to show you how attackers see your organization. I'm going to just take a scene from Lord of the Rings here. So this is how threat actors like Rob um, see your organization. You're like the target. For them, you are the bad guy. You may have all your tools. You may have your SIM, your SOC, your AV, your next generation firewall, every three or four letter name tools that you can, you can find and you can install. But as Rob mentioned, there's always a way in and they are always able to evade your monitoring. Even with all your power, all your monitoring, all your tools, these attackers are still sneaking around in your network. And we know how Lord of the Ring ends, right? We know where, where the ring ends. And we want to avoid this situation. So as Mobius, we've come up with this approach called threat profiling. And it's a different way of seeing defending against threats. Instead of trying to be on the defense, we try to look at threats from the attacker's perspective. And we start this process by understanding your business. So we want to understand how you do things, what do you do, what is precious to you, and how do you work. Based on this information, we can then profile your threats. How would you be attacked? Why would you be attacked? What do you have that is precious that attackers would want? We then look at your controls. So we look at your defense. We know what, what are the threats. And we look at what tools you have already purchased that can help you against these specific threats that are relevant to you. We'll also look at alerting because alerting in cybersecurity is a huge issue and a major pain point for most organizations. And where we find gaps, we help you put together a roadmap that can help you fix um, your issues. And the end result that we want you to have is a very clear picture of what is applicable to your organization, how threats can realize, and where attacks can come from. So let's dive deeper into, into this process. Threat profiling. We first want to take a threat-based approach. So we shift our perspective from the attacker. We look at attack pathways and your critical IT. We want to understand what your organization is exposing to attackers and how these different assets can be attacked. We want to understand what threats are going to take each of these pathways. How can a threat get into your organization and what is specific to your industry? Because some attackers, they focus on specific industries. Some are going to look at banks. Some are going to target retail. Some are going to look at your POS specifically. So we want to understand what is applicable to you. There's no point defending against every single threat when a lot of them are not even applicable to you. We then look at the profile of the attackers. What are their motives? Why would they attack you? What are their competencies? Are they highly technical? Are they nation states? Or are they just an opportunistic attacker that just wants to make some money? 
Once we have this view, we move on to the controls. We look at your defenses. What tools do you have? What configuration have you put in place? Can you defend against these threats? We look at alerting in terms of the visibility that you get. What are the reports? Whether your alerts are arriving on time? And can you do something about them? In the end, we want you to be able to be ready against relevant threats. We want to have a very structured approach against countering threats. We don't want to be firefighting when we have an incident to deal with. So to go into the, the steps in detail, first, we start to understand the organization. We look at your core business. How do you do things? What are your key operations? Who are your key people in the organization? How do these people use IT? What systems do they use? What do they consider essential? Where do they store their sensitive information? What tools and devices do they use to access the corporate network? Basically, we want to know how they function and what is necessary for them to do their work, what is vital to them. This gives us a clear picture of your organization from the business side. It's not just from the IT side uh, where we look at, for example, your active directory and, and as a system. We look at the business and what they use from IT. Once we have identified your critical IT assets, we know that these are likely to get hit. These are the most exposed systems and that's where you would need to focus your controls. These are what attackers would target. But how would they target it and why would they target it? So we look at attackers themselves. What are their motives? Why would they attack you specifically? What do you have that they can get from you and they can't get from your competitor? What can they see from you? Rob has shown you the information from, from uh, OSINT. So we can already see the perspective of the attackers, but we also want to find their motivation. Are they trying to attack you for financial reasons? Do they want to damage your reputation? Are they trying to damage you legally? Is there anything for them to gain on your systems? And we want to look at how the attack is most likely to occur and from what source. Is it going to come from outside or is it likely that an insider is going to do it? Uh, we look at both sides. We look at internal and external and whether your controls can see from where the attack is coming. So we end up with a view like this, which we call the criticality map. The criticality map shows you all your systems rated according to criticality by the business. So in this view, these, these are the systems that the business would consider essential for them. Things like their VPN, which are absolutely essential nowadays with COVID, uh, your email, your file server, your database servers, and your ERP. These are the systems where you want to focus all your controls. We are in short ranking your systems by criticality and by risk through which attacks are going to come. This allows you to prioritize your budget. So you know where you want to put your controls and you know where you want to have your staff look for threats. This leads us to what we call the attack pathways and layers of defense. So let's take everybody's favorite threat, ransomware. So in this case, we see that ransomware can come through five different ways. It can be different for your organization. You may have more pathways or less, but we do it uniquely for each company that we work with. So we look at ransomware, and in this case, let's take email. So if ransomware does come by email uh, and it takes that path, we see that it will have to cross three layers of controls, which are your email filter, the ATP, the advanced threat prevention, as well as your endpoint detection and response. So ransomware would have to defeat three separate controls before it is able to get to your servers. And during this, this process, we are going to look at each control in detail. What sort of configuration do you have? Uh, what sort of policies do you have applied on each of these specific controls? And whether these tools will also allow you to see that an attacker is happening. It also allows us to get a view on your controls. For example, in this case, we see that EDR seems to be a very heavily relied on control. So if EDR happens to fail in this case, 
it's likely that ransomware would be able to get to into, uh, into our network because EDR is just used by so many different layers of controls. It's a very heavily relied upon and it can be a single point of failure for us. And in this diagram also, we have also seen that uh, if a ransomware does get to your users or your servers, there are no controls there. Lateral movement becomes possible. So we want to show this in a view and that will allow you to prioritize. So when we are looking at your controls, we look at their adequacy against threats. Do your controls help you to block the threats that we have identified? Do they have the appropriate configuration? Do they have the appropriate licenses? The policies are in place. Tools need to be customized. You can't just take a tool out of the box and hope that it does its protection for your organization. You should tune it. So that's what we look at. We look at the proper tuning, whether it's adapted to your organization, whether it's taking into consideration the criticality of your systems, uh, criticality of users, and how attackers can use uh, pathways to get into your organization. We look at the detection and prevention capabilities. So it's not just a question of getting alerted. We want the tools to be also to also be able to block uh, threats automatically if possible. And we also want the tools to be to be able to allow us to recover from threats. So if our antivirus has the capabilities to roll back changes from ransomware, why not let it do it? So let it do its job to the full capabilities uh, that you've paid for. So once we've seen the tools and the configuration on them, we want to look at the visibility and the alerting that these tools provide us. We look at whether the alerts are actionable. If you get an alert and you don't know what's happening in your organization, that's a big issue. We want the alerts to be contextual. Has this attack happened before? Or are we going to get the same attack in the future? What systems are involved? What users are involved? What country is coming from? All of this is very important to be able to understand what is happening during an attack for us to take meaningful decisions. We look at the frequency and prioritization of alerts because I'm going to show you on the next slide how most teams receive alerts, but receiving alerts is a big issue as well as prioritization. And most teams are being affected by alert fatigue. There are just too many alerts to process. So this slide is a comic that shows you how most security teams receive alerts. In short, a huge flood of email sent by all of their numerous controls in their environment. Every little thing that happens in the environment, they are alerted for. A phishing email is blocked by the email filter, email IT security. A virus is quarantined, send a report, thousands and thousands and thousands of emails sent a day. Who even reads all of these alerts? I'm pretty sure it's extremely difficult for a team to slog through all of these alerts just to pick the one or two good ones that are actual threats that they would need to look. You would need to sort through thousands of emails just to find the good ones. Let me ask you one question. How many of you have a DLP system? So DLP is notorious for sending a huge number of alerts if it's not properly tuned. You get alerted for every little thing and most of them end up to be false positive. So it's absolutely critical for you to tune your alerts. Otherwise, you're going to end up with so many alerts and you're so fatigued with alerts, seeing so many emails every day and get so many positives that you simply stop caring about threats. And we've seen cases like this already while investing, investigating incidents. The systems are informing IT security that people from Russia or from China or from other countries are connecting to the systems, are connecting via VPN into the network. But they are sending these alerts at 2 a.m. by email and no one is reading their emails at 2 a.m. There are no prioritization and the channel used by the alert is not, is not the appropriate one. In the end, attackers are still able to get into your network and you are only made aware of this next morning when you come to the office and you see that every screen has now turned red with the crossbone signs. And that is a huge issue for most teams. Made worse is that 
this is a way that people get alerts. And that is a sample email from, from a client which we've signed us. That's an exact sample of an alert that they got. This alert has no context. It includes a lot of non-relevant information. It's not immediately clear what is even happening. And there is no clear sense of urgency and it's very likely to get lost among all your other alerts. Imagine you get this at 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. Would you even know what is happening? You're probably not even going to look at that, but you should because this is an alert that says that someone has just opened a phishing link which contained a Trojan and you're likely to get ransomware as the very next step. And this is an alert that has been picked up by the firewall, but none of this is immediately clear. To most people, this is just a block of text and that is not meaningful. And you can't take any decisions based on this. So when we find gaps like this, we end up with producing a roadmap. We want you to be able to address your threats, but also leverage your existing investments. We don't want you to buy new tools or to invest more without leveraging what you already have. You can use this roadmap that we can help you put together to plan your future spending, to plan your staff resource allocations, and to rework your policies around protecting against threats that are relevant and matter to you. We want to ensure that your response is well coordinated and you're not just taking random steps during an actual incident and actually getting lost in the procedures. It has to be a very structured approach with well-defined steps and clear expected outcomes. Your SLAs, RTOs and RPOs have to be respected. So while doing this, we can help you with playbooks that are actual steps that you need to do to tackle incidents, but we also look at automating and orchestrating your controls so that you, you do less things manually. In the end, we want you to have these five things. We want you to have a very clear view of your threats, what is applicable to you and what you are expected to defend against. We want you to know that your controls have been adequately tuned to defend against your threats and that you are going to get the value out of your tools. You know your weak points and you know where your controls are placed. You have your layers of defense map and you have your criticality map. So you have the, the appropriate view to take decisions. We look at the controls, the configuration and everything to ensure that you are protected. But then we also get the business buy-in because we consult with your business stakeholders. We ask the business service line people, the managers and the operation people. We ask them for their opinion on what systems matter most to them and what threats they are afraid of and what systems they consider vital and cannot live without. These are the systems we want to protect because we want, to, we want business operations to continue. So while we consult with these, with these people, we get their buy-in and we get their support also. For the IT security team, we get streamlined alerts. We know how you can be attacked. So we know what sort of alerts that we want. No more thousands of emails filling our inboxes. We want prioritized alerting. If someone is doing something suspicious at midnight, we don't want an email. We probably want a call or an SMS or a push notification, but not an email. Uh, we want automatic responses and orchestration, so less things to do manually. If the antivirus has blocked a virus and has detected a C2 IP address, then let the IPS do the blocking automatically. No need to go on different tools and do manual configuration. These tools have APIs. You should be leveraging this and we can help you uh, make the full use of these tools. And finally, we want you to be proactively ready. It's not when an incident occurs that you're going to be putting out fires. We want you to have clear steps and clear guidance. Your playbooks, your, your procedures, everything has to be aligned. It's not when you get ransomware that you're going to run around shutting down things or turning off the network. Your response has to be very structured and planned. And that's achievable through threat profiling. We want you to be ready to defend and that's what threat profiling allows us to do. And that's bring us to the end of this of this session. I hope you found it interesting and we welcome any questions.
Thank you very much, Bharat. So good practical guidance and the steps to follow around threat profiling. And once you understand your threats, how to use that threat profiling information to look at your controls and your monitoring. So thank you very much. Um, so we do have one question. Uh, what tools do you recommend for automation and orchestration? Bharat, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've got any views around the different tools for yep. automation and orchestration. Yes. So a lot of these tools already include APIs uh, for automation and orchestration. It's just a question of plugging them together. So for example, your firewall would expose an API that allows you to block an IP address that is detected by your antivirus system. So it's just a question of connecting the two systems APIs together. It's very rare that you're going to have to buy something else uh, just to get this sort of orchestration. But if you already have the tools, for example, if you have a SIM, CMs have inbuilt features for orchestration that you can leverage to do, um, to do this for you. So it's like uh, you're configuring it from a centralized perspective. Okay, so it's a case of leveraging what you've got as a yes. way, wherever make, possible. Yes, right. so make so that's, perfect, great, thanks Bharat. Just one more question. So you know, what in your experience, and I, I know you've done this a few times, but what, what do you believe are the main challenges you're facing you know, completing a threat profile? I know one of the advantages of having that threat profile is, is ensuring that everyone in the organization has a common understanding of the threats and don't talk about mm -hmm. inappropriate threats, but what are the main challenges when you go through that threat profiling process, Bharat? Okay, so the main challenge for us is getting a clear picture of the organization because while we engage with the business, very often we find systems that are being used that are not controlled by IT. So these are third-party systems to get a clear okay. mapping of all of these systems and, and a clear mapping of all the entry points and exit points out of the organization. And very often this information is not readily available. Um, so that's, that's something we fight with.